Welcome to Making Bank, the show for Bankless DAO by Bankless DAO, where each week we highlight a project and a personality from inside the Bankless DAO. We want to showcase the work that we do and the people who do it. This is our story as we journey to become more bankless. If you want to learn more about what it is that we do, then just keep listening. We hope you enjoy today's episode of Making Bank. Hi, I'm Drost, and welcome to another episode of Making Bank. Today's guest is Jenga Jojo. Jenga joined Bankless DAO in July of 2021, initially becoming active in the Translators Guild. Among other things, he's involved with the Bankless DAO Global Events team, where we partnered with eight events in Season 5 alone. He's also involved with the newly formed DAO Stewards Initiative inside BDAO, which seeks to govern public goods, such as the safe governance tokens recently dropped to Bankless DAO Treasury, Guilds, and Projects Multisigs. Welcome, Jenga Jojo. Welcome back to Making Bank. Thanks, Trost. Uh, glad to be here. It's been a while since you were on the show. You were interviewed by Lion917, I believe, way back at the beginning of this year. A lot of things have evolved and changed since then. Do you want to maybe give us an update? Maybe give us a little bit of background on Jenga Jojo for the folks that maybe either didn't hear that episode or may not know you. You've been here about a year now, and you've become quite active in a number of areas. So maybe we can touch on those real quick before we jump into to DAO stewards. For sure. Yeah. So Jenga Jojo was a pseudonym I created when I dived head on into Web3 last year. I was a crypto investor like many others before for a few years, but never did hands-on work until last year. And uh, I was fortunate enough to end up in Bankless DAO where I could meet all these fascinating, fantastic, talented people whom I could vibe with. And my background uh, is, is quite varied. I have worked as a project manager, I have worked as a data analyst, I have studied physics and mathematics. So it's been a bit of chaos all over. But my main, let's say, my first major contribution to the DAO was to kick up the International Media Notes Project, which was what a lot of the previous episode was about. Yeah, that has been going great. That project has taken off wonderfully, and it's been a year since we are building it. Um, or 15 nodes, or 12,000 views per month. So yeah, we are going strong uh, even in the bear market. And then last year, I think around April or May, I went to ETH Amsterdam and uh, yeah, met a lot of people in the Ethereum community. I thought that, hey, there should be some beta representation in all of these global events. I came back and all pumped up, found a few people who are interested in this, and we spun up the global events team, where we partner with events from around the world have Bankless DAO as the official media partner, send contributors to interview people, collect leads, yeah, and generally take the Bankless message forward around the world. Yeah, those have been really great. And quite frankly, I think maybe a lot of folks around Bankless DAO have not seen the videos we've done, or that your team has done, that are now up on the Bankless DAO YouTube channel. And we've really been filling that out with a lot of content. And among those are a ton of things about BDAO Global Events. We've got ETH Barcelona, we've got ETH Prague, MCON actually just happened up in Denver, the GM bus. We've got shorts up there. Yeah, there's some really great content. It's all coming out of this initiative that you're one of the OGs on this team getting it spun up. So really great to see that coming to fruition. Looking at that original proposal, 
proposal that the intention was, I remember this too, that the, the commitment was to maybe do five events. And we ended up doing, which say we, we being Bankless DAO and the global events team actually ended up doing eight. Now, these are around the world and they're, it's excellent because we have a presence there. People see Bankless DAO and it's like everywhere they go at these global events, there we are. It's a powerful message. Definitely. I mean, there are panels where we send people, there are speakers in some of these events. And yeah, you all at AB Guild have done a fantastic job in helping me and the rest of the events team getting all this content up on YouTube in time. Yeah, there's been a lot of people involved between the global events team and AV folks, and I am not going to try and go through the list right now because I know I will miss somebody. But if you look in those threads and channels and stuff and see all the videos, we've got the credits in there and all the people involved. It's pretty cool. Did you want to say anything else about global events? Are there any coming up that you want to make sure we touch on? This is October 19th when we're recording this. It probably won't come out for a couple of weeks yet. But Yeah, there are events in Istanbul, in Ghana, in India, in Portugal that are happening over the next few weeks. But I generally could say that if you're a contributor at Panklistau, you see that there is an event happening nearby where you live and you're interested in attending this event and probably representing Panklistau at these events, hop into the global events channel or send a DM to Jenga Jojo and we'll figure out a way to get you hooked with the budget and ship you off to an event that you like. Yeah, that's great. And in fact, we'll put this in the show notes, this season six proposal for global events. And it is talking about what we are asking event organizers to do and then what Bankless DAO is offering to these events and uh, how we're trying to coordinate. It's a, actually a very short proposal to take a look at. It's got a nice visual in there and uh, what you're allocating the money to and what kind of events you're targeting. So yeah, I would encourage people to take a look at that and take a look at our YouTube channel. It's got some great content up there. Looking forward to more of it. And we had just talked about in the in a previous episode about what we did with Doing Good. And I believe it was our ETH Barcelona where they, uh, I think they were involved with ticketing. Yeah, there. yeah I think yeah. it was uh, Tisha Nome and a few others who went to Barcelona, stuck this partnership. And now some people from Banklistao, including me and some others are delegates you can really see like how far the partnerships that we can develop can go for the DAO. That is like one of the reasons we are collecting leads for products and services in these events because exactly because it has the potential to go far as we follow up with them. Great. All right. And uh, yeah, that's going to continue. It's only going to grow. And I think right now we don't really have budget for funding people's travel. You have to get there right? Yeah. <laughs> it's not like we're funding international travel. No, right. no. But yeah. I mean, now I think in the past few events, we've produced some proof of work videos because in the end, if there's someone who wants to pay people to travel and other costs, then they need to see like what have we done in the past. So recently, actually, there's a conference in Ibiza that NFThinker, Renus and Rani went to and they got like their accommodation covered and they got some cash to rent a car or something so i guess there's part of their expenses were paid and then this is what we are trying to figure out more and more how can we cover these expenses from on-ground sponsors yeah the least we would like is someone can cover people's travel people's accommodation and then the next steps would be to have like professionally people get paid for doing like the recording the interviews the editing like all this work that we do 
This is a learning process too for people that may not have worked on a media project like that that has a lot of moving parts. It's been a great opportunity for people to get involved, meet people locally at these events, IRL, in real life, and make those connections, which is really, really what we're trying to do. This maybe brings us to the next topic, which is Dow Stewards and exactly what it implies, being good stewards in DAO space and what that means. So would you like to maybe touch on that? What is DAO stewards and, and how did it form? It did come out of DAO relationships, didn't it? It kind of rose out of a need like most things do. Yeah, it's an interesting story. In the Treasury Guild, actually, we were discussing how do we benefit from the tokens that different communities were asking us to swap with. So if you remember uh, earlier this year, we did a token swap with Vitadao. Vitadao is a DAO that does longevity research. And then there were other DAOs that were approaching us and asking us for a token swap. Token swap essentially means that we get tokens of the other DAO and they get our tokens. And then when we receive tokens of this other DAO, we can vote with these tokens. So Bankless DAO can express its governance opinions in the White DAO forum in this case. And this is an example of meta-governance. That is when one DAO has governance power in the governance of another DAO. So originally this started out in the Treasury Guild, but then Zurex Bear uh, Senad uh, and I were working on it for a few months to also have metagovernance as a service offered by Bankless DAO members. So what does uh, metagovernance as a service mean? It's when professional delegates are either selected by protocols or professional delegates pitch themselves to DAOs and then DAO members delegate their voting power to them. This metagovernance as a service means that we are those professional delegates that other organizations would delegate to. And then in case we are also getting paid for this was the Dalplomat uh, initiative. Now we know that Dalplomat is a tag that Dalplomat has been using for a long time, which is why we decided to keep the Dalplomat brand as a service layer and not have it included in Bankless DAO so as to avoid confusion. But then we did spin up DAO Stewards, which is a meta-governance work stream. But then it specifically focuses on public goods, such as SAFE, such as Optimism, such as an upcoming ZK airdrop, Wink Wink, and others <laughs> that uh, might follow soon. All right. Did we want to jump into talking about SAFE, or did we want to talk about meta-governance a little bit? Because when you start talking about delegating governance and giving other people basically your vote, not giving them, you know, you can revoke it, of course, but we do this in real life and, and we look at how it works in, in traditional, uh, voting governance, voting, whether it's politics or proxy voting for share shareholders. Yeah. You know, you've, you're delegating it to some entity that may or may not be aligned with your values and your your interests. And I think that's always the concern people have when you start talking about delegated governance. But the flip side of that is, well, you also need people to be informed. And so how are you going to vote on things that you don't know about? And so that's part of the reason delegation happens in the first place, right? The idea is that 
people or entities that are more informed are able to weigh the weigh the pros and cons and then vote appropriately. And then how do we protect from outside influence that may be a uh, conflict of interest? And so I think it's an important broader conversation beyond just the drop of this token or that token. No, I, I agree with you 100%, especially when it comes to the values of the delegates. And I, I think like this is a curious case if we are to look at how other delegate groups have spun up in the past many have had some experience with defi protocols however the thing with defi protocols is that okay let's let's say the example of MakerDAO and delegates spinning out meta governance projects out of that right MakerDAO does not have a strong set of community values as compared to bankless DAO, that's just my opinion. Of course, people in maker community are uh, aligned to uh, Ethereum values of decentralization, um, meritocracy, and things like that. However, when it comes to governing these uh, protocols or generally DAOs and crypto, there may be more value-specific conversations. Uh, that may uh, motivate uh, delegates and uh, governing groups. So if you think of Bankless DAO, Bankless DAO is a place where, of course, many people are bullish on this Ethereum community. But then there is also like this larger background of this book called The Sovereign Individual that many people in the DAO refer to, where there is like a certain... uh, value sets of how things will evolve in societies and how governance should happen in a more decentralized way, giving power back to the individual and things like that, as well as the general like bankless values of having keys that users control and not a central party controls and things like that, right? So these specific bankless values are a slightly different, let's say, are, are slightly more specific in terms of their their implementation as compared to someone that is a delegate group from a maker or Aave or generic DeFi protocol, let's say. So now when we form a delegation group out of Bankless DAO, we are able to express Bankless values specifically in these different DeFi protocols. And by doing that is how I would say that we can make bankless DAO and the bankless machine stronger is by expressing our opinions in the form of votes in smart contracts. You know, DevCon just happened and I was chatting with uh, Saul Thorne who was able to catch John from SAFE. Uh, I don't know whether Saul Thorne's going to use it over at Talent DAO. John was talking about, you know, they're going to take it slow uh, initially out of the gates with this token drop. And we can talk about this more in a future episode where we really, really dig into it. But what I'm getting at is Bankless DAO, I think, can really help with some areas that they're viewing as important. And so I'm looking actually at the transcript that I just grabbed here. This is very, very fresh. And he had said that previously DAOs had kind of fallen short of setting structure and goals and metrics and KPIs and stuff from day one. And, you know, we've had that challenge. We've talked about this before. And the other thing I mentioned about how Treasury is just throwing money at grant programs and new research with initiatives without actually establishing the original goals and stuff. So, you know, they recognize that these things have happened out there. And look, Bankless DAO, we've already iterated a couple times on this. You and I chatted about before we started talking today, and that is 
this upgradable governance that we're working on at Bankless DAO. Uh, but I think we have a lot of value to add here. Um, another key point that he had mentioned and that I know we're working very hard on is understanding the legal and regulatory environment when core teams shift to DAOs. If you're shipping a product, how does that work? How does it work internationally? All these questions come up. And so it's a much bigger issue than just a token drop and connecting your wallet and voting on a proposal. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think SAFE is a very good example as I was speaking to our friend Hiro about the challenges of DAO governance, specifically when a token is dropped to different, not to individual wallets but to multi-sigs inside the same DAO. And then if and when there comes a question of delegation, as we have now, how do you get different multi-sig signers who are now in practice independent groups to agree on the same decision? Because if you think about it, like in, in Bankless DAO, like the highest form of consensus is a snapshot vote. And usually if the snapshot world concerns something that usually concerns like the treasury wallet that is being paid that, or that has to pay something. However, in this case, if you get consensus, even in the main treasury wallet, that does not mean that automatically all these different multi-sig signers have to implement that decision because <laughs> on chain, there are separate entities. So how, how do you like get everyone to go on the same way? Is it going to be cat herding always? Or will there be a new separate contract that is upgradable on safe at some point in the future where a drop like this happens? Or maybe there is some other situation in the future which requires an emergency of like all these multi-sig signers uh, independently voting for the same outcome. Yeah, and maybe that is possible on chain somehow. But uh, we don't know, and it's a, this is a really fun challenge to work with. So what we're going to do in a, another episode is actually have, I don't know if we'll call it a roundtable or what, but it, we'll have several folks on here, and we're going to take the questions that are coming in from around the DAO and things that we're seeing coming up with the safe token drop. And the other thing is more broadly about uh, governance. And this was the other topic that you wanted to talk about. So quick TLDR then, this is the proposal titled Project Funding Framework Upgrade. It's a mouthful, <laughs> but yeah, maybe I should choose more funnier project name titles <laughs> next time. So I, it's like clickbait, you know, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But yeah, uh, like a quick TLDR uh, of uh, this post is like the motivation is to find a framework so that we can support projects and especially project teams. Having been on the grants committee for this season, also like being part of the DAO in longer time, I realized that teams in Bankless DAO have very high passion, but not necessarily the right set of skills to achieve what they're doing, which is why maybe the teams are lacking like this execution and output. So ideally what we want as a DAO is to be able to build, test and ship products as fast as possible. So how can we do this? Uh, this proposal uh, gives uh, one example of how this is possible, where one, we have incubators that help teams produce products. B, we have uh, Gitcoin-style matching rounds where we test uh, if these uh, products have some sort of product market fit. And if they do, 
then these products can go out and like start looking for sponsors and eventually they won't even need the matching rounds because they would be earning far more from sponsorships. So the idea is to generally speed up the iteration process and have it be tested by the customers of these projects that are spinning up. And then this has been up on forums for, I think, more than a week now. And the general feedback has been that we need to run some sort of experiments uh, to see how this works. And I also agree with like those comments. Uh, so yeah, if, if folks know the next uh, season proposal of Podcast Hatchery speaks about a accelerator and an incubator cohort in the IMN, we are also uh, chatting about having a more hands-on approach to making our nodes. And then um, I will also put up a proposal to put up like a matching round next season to test out how this goes. And Gitcoin is also releasing grants protocol, which is a way for any community to host matching rounds. So it seems like a lot of things are falling into place at the same time. Uh, and I thought this was a good time to ship this proposal. The way we've been iterating here and the way you've outlined what some of the challenges has been, has, had been in the past, I just totally resonate with that. I'm editorializing a little bit here, but I just think that this really takes into account a lot of the challenges that we've had between the funding model and it mentions in here about how grants committee, you know, they're doing their best and they don't necessarily have a view into all these different projects. And we, we expect every member of the grants committee to be an, an expert on it and ask all the right questions. And so then there, there ends up uh, being kind of this friction between grants and the project teams like, oh, they don't understand us. And this incubator approach really, I think, helps everyone. It helps the people that are core to the project know what they want to achieve out of it, need a little bit of breathing space. They know some deliverables that they want to work on and then be able to structure that in a way that is more probable for success. I think it was Sid Hardy says, I, I don't like this term human coordination. Let's call it people working together <laughs> and just learning how people can work together more effectively. And this to me looks like an outgrowth of that and tying the funding model together with it, which is key. Look at the forum post, comment on it, see how it may affect and impact projects and teams you're already working on and give feedback and yeah this is really nice uh, give some visuals too which helps fantastic i'm trying to draw some parallels here between the dow stewardship and this funding framework you're talking about it helps to look at the graphic but you know the grants committee is an entity that has a responsibility to the dow to spend funds wisely to be able to track meaningful metrics and they don't always know what those metrics are. And so Dow stewards would be governance subject matter experts as opposed to a, a development project subject matter expert, whatever the expert is. Same thing, right? Dow stewards is the same kind of model. I'm just thinking out loud here. In this case, the Dow stewards, and in the other case, the grants committee is handling it in a responsible way. And so Dow stewards, you know, that's the same thing, right? Dow stewards will have its rotating model of those that are on the team, right? They'll have certain objectives they have to measure against, right? You can say that in both cases, let's say very fundamental governance work areas, like this project framework update, as well as DAO stewards, like this is like core governance as opposed to more simpler governance now this is all relative like maybe someone else might say something is not simple but let's take the example of coordinate right 
we have been having this discussion in the DAO, like we even see the, the proposal that Opskill does for next season. There were some comments on how to do coordinate. And yes, it's, a, it's an issue and it needs a governance solution. But then what is like the gravity of that issue is that as deep or as fundamental maybe as like revamping the way we fund projects or the way we govern public goods and crypto or not, right? Is it a major upgrade and do we need to think through it? Yeah. Pretty deeply, or is it, you know, just yeah. something that doesn't really require that much attention? Exactly. And it also has to do with budget. You know, if there's a lot of money involved, now we need more eyes on it. We need more checks and balances, all that kind of thing. Exactly. Exactly. Here's the other question that's related to this. And again, this, this is one of those that links had post. Isn't creating a small class of, quote, governors against the DAO ethos? Now, for example, smaller group means more easily corruptible and less representative than a larger group. Could this end up being a plutocracy? Yeah, I think this was a very good question, especially in Web3 where decentralization is the buzzword. Well, different people have different opinions on it. Let me just read what I wrote about this here. Yeah, okay. So I think I have two points on this. First point I have, which is efficiency. Now, of course, it is less efficient, but more decentralized to give delegation power to different groups. But then when it comes to expressing this delegation power for the benefit of the DAO, it's also very slow. So uh, we recently looked at the example of Bankless Academy and how they got 30,000 USD worth of OP tokens for creating an L2 course. They had to go and influence the governance at Optimism DAO in order to pass this proposal in Snapshot. Now, they had to do a lot of work because there are a few delegates who hold a lot of tokens and they had to convince those delegates to vote for this proposal. And of course, it's not new for Academy. Anyone can do it. But then imagine we had DAO stewards who had all this delegation power in OP. Then they could have just like DM'd OP, made a proposal on their governance forums, and we could have voted for them. It makes the argument that efficiency versus decentralization, it really depends on like the use case. Another thing which may be even more relevant than the efficiency argument is the governance activity of Bankless DAO itself. Now, as we spoke earlier, more than 30 multisigs received the safe token. However, the average forum post on Bankless DAO receives less than 30 votes. So <laughs> if we are not active in our own governance, how can we expect to be active in the governance of another DAO? And this is like, I think the nail in the coffin for this argument. I'd like to linger on that for a moment. <laughs> because I think it's important that, you know, we have all these philosophical conversations about governance and voting and all of that. I want my voice to be heard directly, but you know, uh, if people don't have time, if they don't understand the issues and this also happens in the real world. Yeah. I mean, definitely we do need some major governance innovations. How I think of this is if we say in a more generic way that crypto is sort of speed running the history of governance, finance, whatever else, right? It's like an experiment happening on the internet and we are sort of going through all the past experiments that society has done over the thousands of years 
in like the compressed time scale of weeks or months. So, so far we have arrived at the delegation model of governance, which has been quite popular uh, in like the recent history of geopolitics. But then is there a more crypto-native governance model that was previously never possible, but now is possible because of the tools that we have? And I personally think that, yes, such a model is possible. We haven't seen it yet, and most likely we'll see it in the near future. All right. Well, this is not the last conversation we'll be having about this, uh, either governance in general or the safe token drop. And so we wanted to at least kind of get this idea and some of these topics in, in everyone's heads. And it is a lot to digest and a lot to think about. And we've got some good proposals up there. I think you and others have really put a lot of thought into these things, and we're going to be hearing more in the coming weeks. What would you say would be the best course of action for a listener right now that wants to understand this better, prepare themselves for the next iteration? And you don't have to dig in and bury yourself and get a headache. But uh, the core ideas here that I think it's worthwhile for everyone to at least start to understand a bit so that we can have more thoughtful discussions and really move this thing forward and really show leadership in, in the whole space. And I think people already look to Bankless DAO for leadership. And this is another area where we, we can offer something, I hope. Definitely, uh, I would encourage folks to first check out the recommendations that the GSC had. And then if you're further interested in governance, check out the Diplomats post. And then if you're still interested and you're not bored of all the forum posts that I'm asking you to read, you can go check out the project funding framework upgrade. Uh, really need more feedback on this so that we can uh, iteratively improve as a DAO. Yeah, besides that, of course, there are lots of governance podcasts out there. A few of our contributors actually are working on a governance education YouTube channel. Uh, I think it's Fiends, Joking, and Pokar who have been doing this for like a few episodes now. So I definitely recommend governance nerds to check that out. <laughs> have they shipped anything or are they still just trying to get some in the can so that they have a few queued up for us? No, I think they have like 10, 15 episodes up already. Oh, you're kidding. Man, I'm behind on that too. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll go watch that. Everybody go watch that. And, and of course, listen to our show all the time and share it with everybody. But no, that's great. I'm learning stuff all the time on, uh, on this show. And so thank you, Jenga, for coming on. And, and again, these are things we're going to discuss some more. And as far as DAO stewards, this is not a closed thing. I mean, they're all open. And if this kind of thing is of interest to you and you want to become involved with DAO stewards, there's opportunities to do that. So all this stuff will be in the show notes, links to forum.bankless.community, bankless.community website, uh, links to Discord, um, all of our various projects, podcasts, things like that. Check that out. I think you're, uh, let's see, on Twitter, you are just uh, Jenga Jojo, J E N G A J O J O. And then on Discord, you're Jenga Jojo.eth, and that is number 5896. That's no imposters out there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks a lot, Jenga. I really appreciate this. I know there's a lot more to dig into and we'll have some more folks on who know more about this than me. And I'll just kind of facilitate and we can try and get this stuff out there. And there's a lot of materials you can dig into and some core concepts here that we need to address. And I think we've got some really thoughtful folks working on it. 
And I'm looking forward to seeing what happens, where we go with it. Fantastic. Thank you also, Dros, to you and the rest of the people at Making Bank. Uh, love listening to the other contributors and all the work that you do and hope you all keep rocking. Great. Thanks a lot. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening. This has been Making Bank, a production of Bankless Now. If you'd like to learn more about Bankless Now, please visit bankless.community on the web for more information and how to get started. And of course, if you like what we're doing, please like, subscribe, and follow on your favorite podcast platform.